Runsmith Enterprises presents Topics in Endurance Sports. I'm your host, Tim. This is a special 2020 Dog Days of Podcasting edition, where some podcasters attempt to do a short episode every day for 30 days. More info at dogdaysofpodcasting.com. You can also subscribe to the Dog Days of Podcasting feed wherever you get your podcasts. Most shows are 5 to 20 minutes long, and you can listen to all of the other shows on that feed. The topic for this series that I'm doing is not endurance sports, but instead I've been talking about historical pandemics. And today is day number 28. We're winding down. It is Monday, August 31st, 2020. Today's topic, measles. Before I start, I want to note my bad grammar from yesterday. I said part of the title was How Measles Works. I meant how measles work. Secondly, uh, another note. Back in episode 23 about HIV and AIDS, I mentioned the idea of filtering viruses out of a person's blood. I based that on a single sentence I read somewhere that did not have a citation. I also mentioned that's probably hard to do because viruses are so tiny that if you filter the viruses, you're going to filter everything else out as well, including good things you need in your blood. I also said there are other methods of filtering things other than based upon size, and I just left it at that. Well, lo and behold, today I'm reading a Backpacker Magazine during lunch, and I'm reading about water filtration systems, and I'm I come across a review of two devices. One says that it, quote, filters bacteria and protozoa, but not viruses, unquote. The second one, however, says that uh, it filters bacteria, viruses, and heavy metals. It then stated that it's based on a, quote, filtration technology that attracts and traps viruses and bacteria using positive electric charges, unquote. If that sounds fanciful, it's not. Uh, Biochemists regularly use uh, electronic electric charge as (laughs) it's a separation system, a a chromatography system, which is similar to a filtration, and they do use electric charge. So it's not a completely crazy idea. But anyway, there you go. Maybe that technology can be uh, transferred to blood, and we can use this to filter viruses out of blood. Who knows? I'm sure there's people working on it. So let's get to measles. Amazingly, I've barely mentioned measles. It's a disease disease we all know about, I think, because of the MMR vaccine, measles, mumps, and rubella. It's, it seems to get a lot of chatter, but it's really not mentioned in the big, huge pandemics in history. Measles is a highly infectious disease caused by the measles virus. It's an airborne disease which spreads very easily through hacking coughs and sneezes or through direct contact with mouth or nasal secretions. It's extremely contagious. Nine out of ten people who are not immune and share a living space with an infected person will be infected. Or a person with measles will infect an average of 15 others if the people around them are not immune or vaccinated. Compare that to Ebola, where that number is about two. Children in particular are more likely to experience complications as a result of measles infection. 
although the overall mort- mortality rate for children who get measles is only about 0.2%. As many as one out of every 20 children will also develop pneumonia. In developing countries, the death rate can be much higher, up to 10%, especially when there is malnutrition. Elsewhere, I also read that, quote, measles is worse for children under five and adults over 20. I'm not exactly sure why. Also, uh, it's bad for pregnant women and those with compromised immune systems. Measles affects the respiratory system, specifically immune cells in the lungs. It migrates to the lymph nodes, infects more immune cells, and then migrates throughout the body, releasing virus particles into the blood. The spleen, lymph nodes, liver, thymus, skin, and lungs are eventual destinations for the virus. In rare instances, about one in a thousand cases, the virus can cross the blood-brain barrier and cause cause dangerous swelling of the brain. Generally, a person is immune to the disease after getting it. Measles is an RNA virus that lives exclusively in humans. No animals are known to get it. Symptoms include a high fever, cough, runny nose, red eyes, and a generalized rash characterized by flat red blotches that start on the face and move down the body all the way to the feet over a few days. It can also cause seizures and blindness. There's no treatment for it other than supportive care. I might have read that if you get the vaccine within a day or two of getting measles, that can stop it, but I may not have. I know that does work with some vaccines. In one scholarly article I read, it stated this. It has been estimated that 7 to 8 million children died every year due to measles virus infections in the pre-vaccine era. If it's even 1 million a year, that would be huge. The measles vaccine introduced in 1963 is about 95% effective, extremely safe, even for those with HIV infections, and seems to last a long time. If 92% of a population is vaccinated, measles outbreaks generally stop, although they can appear again in pockets of unvaccinated communities. The vaccine does not cause autism or other conditions, nor, of course, do any other vaccines. The vaccine, in this case, is a live attenuated virus, which we've discussed previously a few times, see episode 19, Thanks to immunization, deaths deaths from measles decreased from 2.6 million people in 1980 to 73,000 in 2014. In the U.S., cases fell fell from 3 to 4 million per year to a few hundred by 2000. Within the first 20 years alone of being licensed in the U.S., measles vaccination prevented an estimated 52 million cases of the disease, 17,400 cases of mental retardation, and 5,200 deaths. About 25 million lives have been saved worldwide over the last 25 years. This is a testament to the perseverance and commitment of the World Health Organization. Unfortunately, due to sometimes anti-vaccination sentiment in political parties, religious communities, and some other groups, all spread by social media, vaccination rates have actually decreased since 2017, and measles deaths are increasing. In 2018, there were 140,000 deaths from the measles, double that of 2014. 
Outbreaks that are evidence of anti-vaccination are easy to find. In 1991, an outbreak of measles in Philadelphia was centered at the Faith Tabernacle Congregation, a faith-healing church that actively discouraged parishioners from vaccinating their children. Over 1,400 of them were infected with measles and nine children died. An Ohio Amish community also had an outbreak in 2014. Also in 2014, an outbreak occurred at Disneyland in California with 147 known cases and most were not vaccinated. In 2019, there were, um, there were many outbreaks in the United States, always in unvaccinated communities, including in New York City among an Orthodox Jewish community. Some communities with high vaccination refusal rates in Washington and California had outbreaks as well. In 2019, there were measles cases in 31 states, the most since 1992. A little back, uh, go back to the history of measles here. Interestingly, measles evolved from, or split off from, the rinderpest virus in maybe the 11th century or earlier. Rinderpest, also called cattle plague, infected cattle and related animals and was characterized by very high death rates. I wonder if any farmer types are listening to this and can remember this. Uh, the close similarity of the measles and rinderpest viruses suggests that the rinderpest virus transferred from cattle to humans, then became the measles virus by changing its properties to adapt to us. The trans that transfer isn't surprising, considering how many peasant farmers live and sleep next to cows and their accompanying feces, urine, breath, sores, and blood. After a global e eradication campaign since the mid-20th century, the last confirmed case of rinderpest was diagnosed in 2001. Another success story there. Pretty cool. Uh, how about some measles in history, outbreaks and such? In 1529, a measles outbreak in Cuba killed two-thirds of those natives who had previously survived smallpox. Remember, 1492 is when Columbus comes to that area. Bunch of bad stuff started happening then. Two years later, measles was, was responsible for the deaths of half, half of the population of Honduras and it had ravaged Mexico, Central America, and the Inca civilization. I don't have any numbers for these uh, outbreaks. In episode 11, we mentioned uh, measles hit the Seneca Nation in the United States from 1592 to 1596. Again, no numbers for those. There were outbreaks in the U.S. and sometimes Canada in 1713 to 1715, 1739 to 1740, 1747, 1759, 1772, and 1788. Again, I don't have numbers for these. <clears throat> Here's kind of an interesting insight into measles and likely other infectious diseases told in this anecdote from the famous anthropologist and author Jared Diamond in a Discover Magazine article that I found. And it goes like this. A severe epidemic of measles reached the isolated Faroe Islands in the North Atlantic in 1781, then died out, leaving the islands measles-free until an infected carpenter arrived on a ship from Denmark in 1846. Within three months, almost the whole pharaoh's population, 7,782 people, had gotten measles and then either died or recovered, leaving the measles virus to disappear once again until the next epidemic. 
The idea being here, if measles wipes kind of everybody out, a number of decades later, it can just come back again and wipe everyone out again. It can come back and forth that way. Studies show that measles is likely to die out in any human population numbering less than half a million people. Hence, measles and other such diseases are also known as crowd diseases. And I'm guessing some of the other crowd diseases are the ones that are just human-to-human transfer. I mean, only known in humans. I'm sorry. Only known in humans. I'm guessing, this is me speaking, you know, so uh, I can't remember what, cholera might have been only in humans. So maybe that's a crowd disease uh, other ones that can reside in animal, animals or the soil probably uh, can exist and don't need big crowds to propagate. It's just my guesses. Onward, measles killed 20% of, of Hawaii's population in the 1850s. During the Civil War, about 20,000 cases were reported in Union soldiers with about 500 deaths. Remember, it can affect adults as well. In 1847, 748 died of measles in Sydney, Australia. In 1875, measles killed over 40,000 residents of Fiji, approximately one-third of the population. In the 19th century, the, the disease killed 50% of the Adamanese population. These are islands in uh, the North Indian Ocean. The last major outbreak that I found is kind of a big empty spot from that 1875 didn't find anything from there until 2010 to 2014, where over 4,500 died of measles in the Democratic Republic of Congo. I briefly mentioned this once before. So it's kind of a weird thing that <clears throat> in the last 150 years, there wasn't really much as far as big outbreaks except for that. Probably better sanitation. I mean, I would guess that would be the reason. Maybe the most astounding thing I read is this. According to a 2005 Washington Post article, just between roughly 1855 and 2005, just in those 150 years, measles has been estimated to have killed about 200 million people worldwide, likely due to the taming of the first cattle a few hundred generations ago. That's a lot, and that puts measles bumps it way up towards the top of the, the worst uh, pathogens of all time. So while measles may not have resulted in global or even continental pandemics, it's pretty evident that measles seems to be just a very dangerous killer of many millions over the centuries. We can end that scourge with proper vaccination. Talk to you tomorrow.